everyone, and welcome to episode 297 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How's it going today, Richard? Hey, Seth. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am doing well. It has been a wild week in the magic community, and uh, we got tons to talk about. But before we get into all that, we have another co-host in Krim. Happy Monday, Krim. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Happy Monday, Seth. So, podcast plan today. We got two big topics. Uh, one of them is, we did get standard bannings last week, so we want to talk a little bit about how the metagame looks a week into our post-Euro banning standard world. Of course, next weekend is the Grand Finals, which is probably going to be the biggest determining factor, I think, as far as like setting standard going forward or if we need more bannings. But we did have some relatively big uh, arena tournaments this weekend that gave us some data we can talk about. So we want to talk about that. And then after that, uh, you might have heard there's this Walking Dead secret lair drop. There's been a ridiculous (laughs) amount of conversation and angst and just so much stuff around the secret layer drop. So we wanted to dig into the secret layer drop, uh, Wizards' response to it, the rules committee's response to it, the community's response to it. So that is our second big topic. And then jumping into some fish mail at the end. So that is our plan for day. Uh, let's kick things off, I think, though, with standards. So we had a couple of like random tournaments. There was some qualifiers. There was a standard, uh, there was a standard change challenge on Magic Online. The biggest tournament of the weekend, though, was a CFB clash that had almost 500 players, I believe, which is a pretty good amount. Richard, what did we see uh, at these tournaments this weekend in our new standard format? Omnath. Omnath everywhere. (laughs) Did you want to ramp into Omnath, or did you want to play value into Omnath with adventures? (laughs) Don't so those go together? Aren't those don't those go together? <laughs> you want even more value than the actual oh, Omnath oh, card oh, itself. Okay, you need okay. Lucky Clover to you know really <laughs> pile drive your opponent into the ground. Twenty five percent four color Omnath, uh, which is like basically Omnath with Earl minus the Earl, so that kind of shell. And then twenty percent uh, Omnath Adventures and uh Demir Rogues the third most played archetype coming at 7.8% when you're not milling over earls anymore it's okay uh and it actually ended up winning the clash too uh so yeah we have 35% omnath and then basically just random other stuff with other stuff being headed by rogues <laughs> I think I think that actually has up to forty five percent. But oh, <laughs> who's oh, counting these oh, days? Wait, I can't do math. Yes, <laughs> Seth is correct. That is forty five percent. Twenty five percent plus twenty. Yes. <laughs> and Whoa. and then also in Crim in Crimland, fourth most played deck, Grixis Control of all things. I was not expecting. Is, I mean, this is just the greatest tournament right of all time. Wait, 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 no, wait, wait. wait. The, the match win percentage of Grixis Control was forty three percent. Let's so okay, they were actually okay. Crim just hard. Hard forcing Grixis okay, for no reason. Okay, hold <laughs> on, hold on. <laughs> Rose had a 52% match win. Omnath Adventures had 57% win. And then uh, Four Color Omnath, uh, 53%. So, yeah, don't bring Grixis control. If oh, wow, wow. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. The reason why Grixis lost is because it chose to lose. <laughs> because we're not because the like I don't worry as a Grixis mage I understand you have to cap how good your deck is or else it gets banned 
Yeah, you don't like, want to get banned. You don't yeah, exactly. You don't want to get banned. So you got to lose. You got to throw a few games, all right? You got to throw a few games. So if there's any good news about Standard, obviously, like, looking at this tournament, which was the biggest tournament of the weekend, it's cool that we had it won by Rogues, and it wasn't an Omnath deck that actually won the tournament. But if you just read through the standings and look at the metagame percentages and win percentages, pretty clear the Omnath deck is still number one. One of the Omnath decks is still number one in the format. <laughs> if you look at the smaller tournaments, there's some, like, glimmers of hope. The standard challenge uh, on Magic Online actually looks surprisingly diverse. There were actually zero Omnath decks in the top eight, which is kind of shocking, and it was, like, mono white and mono green and Rakdos uh, that was in the top eight. So there are some signs, I guess, that maybe there's decks that can compete with this, but I don't know. This weekend didn't make me feel a ton better about Standard. I'm still very nervous, and doubly so because of this Grand Finals, which, if there's one thing we've seen over the past year, if the pros think a deck is the best deck in the format, uh, they're obviously going to play that deck. They have a huge incentive to play it, so do you think we had 45% of this uh, CFB tournament? Do you think the Grand Finals next weekend, higher or lower metagame percentage for Omnath? You know, I, I think it'll be... Like, cause what was it this weekend? It was like 45% of the decks were, were like Omnath? For 44, 45, yeah, were the, either the Adventure Omnath yeah, or just the yeah. non-Adventure Omnath. An Omnath variant. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll probably be around the same numbers, maybe just a little bit higher, maybe like 50%, which is, by the way, still very high. Uh, I, I know that we're, we're used to like, what, 73% with Simic, like, food and whatnot, so it's like, oh, it's only 50% almost. But, but like, yeah. <laughs> it, like, and don't get me wrong, there should be a best, there, there, there can be a best deck. Every format will have a best deck, but that's, that's still really high. Like, 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 what is it? Cobblade was like 33%. So, yeah. I mean, I think we're unfairly grouping them together just for the memes, right? Like, the decks themselves are very different outside of Omnath, right? (laughs) Like, you're just grouping them together, right? One's trying to, like, play like little lucky clovers edge wall innkeepers like value out the other is trying to like literally genesis ultimatum right and like well go big and don't don't downplay the genesis ultimatum though because that's a that's like a turn four genesis ultimatum that's what I'm saying, that right? also like, one to- is actually a ramp deck and one is like had we used Artless Naming Convention in previous standards, you would have seen great dominance, right? With, like, Teferi in literally every deck. If you just called every deck something Teferi, uh, you know, you would have had, like, a 80% metagame share or something, right? But, like, the decks are kind of different, right? Like, a tempo deck running Teferi versus a control deck versus a mid-range deck. You should know this, Krim. There are a lot of different Teferi I mean- decks. Just, like... There are a lot of different Omnath decks, right? So I, I don't know that you could say 45% one deck. I think it really is... Uh, you know, Omnath is played in a lot of decks, like Fatal Push is played in a lot of decks, but one is a mid-range deck and one is more of a ramp deck, right? But, I mean... But it's not the questionable Nissa mid-range slash ramp deck, right? Like, one is actually, like... Well, but, but like, 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 the Giants and, like, Lucky Clovers, all of that, they still kind of do the same thing. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They all have that, all right, we're going to accelerate on mana, do a bunch of things all in one turn, and, like, of course, all the stuff is just going to be ridiculously overpowered, and... <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying, and, like, I, I get it, but, like, to me, they, they, they don't feel that different. 
to me. I mean, I, I would agree that they're two different decks. They are doing similar things. I think that Fatal Push, probably a little extreme, like, to compare <laughs> a four-color mythic to, like, something you can splash in any deck in Modern or whatever. Like, that that's a bridge too far for me. But I do see what you're saying, and I do agree that maybe we're unfairly thinking of them is more similar than they are. On the other hand, they are kind of the same color combinations. They are both ramp decks in their own way. So even though they play a reasonable number of different cards, they are similar strategies where you're ramping and making extra land drops and then you have Omnath because Omnath's really good. I think if one thing's clear, Omnath is the best thing going in standard. Whether or not it's like Wait, the four-color really? adventure deck... Huh. I mean, it, wow. I, I think that, Next week, I don't think there's any, there's any <laughs> coming to a standard near you. I mean, is that really that silly other than the fact that you need black mana for rogues? But like, would it be that ridiculous to play like four color mono red aggro and just have Omnath because it's busted? <laughs> like, yes, it would that be that ridiculous. You can't make the extra land drops to do anything useful. <laughs> the I mean, just play some fable passages. <laughs> I mean, what is it? Burn had Oko, right? So, like, you can legitimately play Oko or Teferi in any random deck and it would be fine. But you can't really do that with Omnath. Did you we can't just break take, it? Like, a, against the odds deck, throw in Omnath and, like, just suit up some wins. That's, that's true. You do need extra land drops. That is, that is true. If you're not hitting the second land drop and getting the mana back, it is much, much worse. Like, that's really what makes Omnath so powerful. So, The other concern, right now we have two primary Omnath variants, which we were talking about. I do wonder, though, if that's just because we haven't figured out the right build yet. And once we have this grand finals in another couple weeks of people like figuring out the most optimal Omnath deck, if one of those builds will fade away and one of them will be the dominant build, like right now they're fairly even like both in the 20 25 percent range do you think that what do you think like are they actually just evenly matched decks that are going to stay that way or do you think one of them will eventually kind of take over the other one's metagame percentage and we will have one omnath variant that's you know 45 50 percent of the meta i do i do think that as decks try to prepare for a, a certain omnath deck you know maybe you start swinging in the other direction because Example, if, if you're prepared for a control meta or, or anything like that, it, it's kind of the control decks are kind of struggling right now to deal with Lucky Clover itself, right? Like the real reason why there's a Grixis control list is just so you could splash red so you can play, I don't know, uh, whatever the adventure creature is that can shatter an artifact or, or oh, Ember's Shieldbreaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ember's Shieldbreaker or whatever the instant speed one from Ikoria that cycles that shatters an artifact. Like, really, it's just to blow up artifacts because the, the adventures deck can really outgrind, uh, a control deck. You just gotta stick one lucky clover and if you get a few, like, I don't know, giants or, or you know, stomped off of it, you're already good, right? And of course you have, the happy little innkeeper that's outdrawing you all the time with that <laughs> smug smile as they're drawing 50 cards. <laughs> Stop drawing cards! And then, uh, like, so, like, you have stuff like that, and, and but, like, the the four-color one that's more, like, like, you know, burst, has a lot more of a burst turn, I think can do some really, really sweet things in one turn. Like, it can go from, like, I, I remember I, I played against somebody there at one life, and then they just top-decked and then just won the game. So, yeah, I think yeah. I kind of think of those decks as like I think they're both ramp decks, but I think the adventure build is like mid-range ramp and the the four color omnath deck, the Uro build before Uro was banned, 
I kind of think of that as like combo ramp, essentially. Like, I feel yeah. like you're right that the adventure build really good at just grinding out value turn after turn after turn and winning eventually. The four color Omnath deck is really good at having this one absurd turn where you're always feeling like, okay, like I got things under control, but you never feel safe because you know you're always like one single Genesis ultimatum or escape to the wilds off the top of the deck for all the work that you did for the first like five or six turns of the game, just going away when your opponent topped one card and then they just like combo off and win yeah like and, and so they they are slightly different as richard has mentioned so i if you're an omnath player i guess you can you have the flexibility of switching around right i mean <laughs> you even have the omnath deck that just focuses on winning with mill and crab like the mill crab so like there, there's there are variants all of it rely on putting multiple lands in play but but yeah so so question for you about standard we're going to the Grand Finals this weekend. I think it's the biggest tournament we have left this year that we're aware of. So this is going to be a big one. Uh, one of the premier tournaments. Give me one Dark Horse deck that I know we, we know we're pretty, uh, we pretty much know that Omneth is going to be the most played deck between Adventures and Four Color. Like that's not up for debate. We know Demir Flash will probably be like a secondary deck outside of those decks. Do you have a Dark Horse deck that you think maybe could creep up and actually make waves at the Grand Finals this weekend? Uh, I mean, to me, a Dark Horse deck... Okay, maybe maybe either Mono Red or something that I think that's actually pretty cool. Uh, mo- like, I-, I would say potentially a Control deck, too. I, I think I'm going to stick with a Control deck just because... It, it, it's, it could be Demir, it could be Grixis, I mean, you know. Uh, and, and I think it's because now that you kind of see what people are playing, it's always a lot easier to control a meta when you're not, like, when you're not in the dark about what people are playing, right? I mean, we all know that everyone's playing Omnath, right? Some form of four-color Omnath. But now you actually see deck lists and whatnot. And, and, and you know, there's going to be, you can actually prepare for it. But can you stop it, Krim? That's, can you stop the innkeeper and its smug smile from drawing those cards in the Lucky Clover? <laughs> can you stop the the the, the just the, the the smug little look as it stares at you every time it triggers? Um, it's either that or right. I thought a deck that was pretty cool. Like I did a video on it, and uh, and like it turns out somebody brought it to the tournament too, and like somebody came, like I believe Fire Shoes. Uh, brought it to the tournament, but it was a Rakdos, like, graveyard deck. I mean, I built it just because it was Halloween-themed, right? But then, but then <laughs> <laughs> my reasons were much less, <laughs> way different. And uh, it, it, it revolves around escape, like, you know, using uh, Phoenix of Ash, uh, Kroxa, the, you know, the other Titan, as they call him. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, that, that deck is pretty sweet. I, I don't know how good it, it can be in bet like i saw it more as a best of one deck but maybe maybe you know like there's a way to build it for best of three what do you think richard any any standard predictions for the tournament of a, a dark horse deck uh omnath rogues no oh. uh, <laughs> ember cleave deck. I, I think i think everyone's forgetting about the good old ember cleave and i think we'll see some ember cleave pop up i mean i don't want to lie to you i think the, the only reason why I, I i wish i could say mono red with like more oomph is is i, I wish i could say but i i just don't see it happening because have you played against these omnath decks you ember cleave and it's like oh was nothing but a scratch because their life total <laughs> is at like like 700 and it's like ah i hit him for 12 <laughs> 
They're, I, they're I, what, what about like a mid-range, like a gruel adventures type thing with like a love-struck beast or a questing beast wielding the ember cleave instead of like a one-one knight? I mean, see, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, as sad as it sounds, the life gain Omnath <laughs> makes it just seem a little too slow. Like questing beast equipped, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're on the right track as far as like a a mono colored aggressive deck, but I'm gonna go with I think mono green. If you look at the yeah. data from the CFB event, it was actually a very well performing deck. Uh, it won 56 percent of the time and had a reasonably big sample size, almost 200 matches, over 150 matches, and it won 56 percent of the time, which is a pretty good record. It also put two people in the top eight of the standard challenges we get on Modo, and I feel like maybe that. If you want to go monocolor to be aggressive, maybe that's the way to go. You have bigger creatures. You don't get the Ember Cleave, but you do get some late game plays with some good Planeswalkers like Garrick and Vivian. You have the Great Henge for more card advantage, and you just have like big aggressive stuff. Stuff that the way you beat Omnath with that deck is you just play a bunch of five fives, and you're like, sure, you got a four four, but can you stop my Love Struck Beast or my Kazandu Mammoth or my Yorvo that's attacking you turn after turn after turn? So I think if there's a mono color deck in an aggro deck that breaks out, I'm gonna go with mono green is uh, is my choice for this weekend. Although I still think Omnath is gonna be the story of the tournament for sure. Anyway, let's move on. We spent a while talking about standard. Um, we have another topic. We have arguably an even bigger topic, which is secret layer stuff. So we talked about the secret layer drop, I believe, a little bit last podcast that it had been announced. Little did we know that secret layer Walking Dead was going to essentially just take over the community for the past week. Like, I, I haven't seen many people talking about anything except the secret layer drop. Uh, so Richard... Why don't you give everyone a bit of a refresher on the secret layer drop <laughs> and let people know why this is controversial when we've had a ton of secret layer drops that haven't really been an issue or been controversial. Oh boy. Okay. So secret layer, the walking dead. So first crossover with, uh, well, I guess the second crossover with non magic IP. However, these cards, uh, do not have an alternate magic name like the Godzilla cards do they are just straight up uh you know Glenn the voice of calm period uh so they are 100% the walking dead themed uh they are exclusively available via secret lair and they are mechanically unique meaning they are not reprints uh so they are unique cards and uh I guess that's the gist of it they are legal in vintage legacy commander uh not legal in standard or modern and uh they've released all of the cards some of them are quite playable uh in in constructed formats or potentially playable uh, for example we have rick steadfast leader it's a uh, two white white three four legendary creature human soldier as rick enters the battlefield choose two abilities from among first strike vigilance and life link humans you control have each of the chosen abilities as long as you control four more humans humans you control get plus two plus two uh, so super that exciting is card for human card. tribal. Yeah, and it seems very flavorful as well. Uh, uh, so, no, no, I know nothing oh, about Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I was going to say my issue with the, the fact that there's a Rick card is that there is no Carl, so I can't yell Coral or Carl. So if you watch <laughs> the show, you know the meme. And also, if you've just been on the internet somewhere in the last 10 years, you'll know the Carl meme where they, they it, 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 it's just him yelling his son's name. And uh, so... <laughs> 
So so those are the cards. So they 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 are good potentially. At time limited release. I get it's over, right? Uh, it was available. No. It's still going. It's I all this it's, week. It's still I think going it goes for a week. week. Yeah. Okay. One it went on sale this, this weekend. It's on sale for a week. Uh, Wizards has said they could potentially reprint these in the future with magic names, but they've been super vague about it. Community has been in an uproar because uh, people are saying this is like the second coming of the reserve list. Uh, other people do not want The Walking Dead in their magic universe. They're saying this is the end of the magic universe as we know it. Uh, and a lot <laughs> of people are calling to boycott the product because they don't like the direction this is headed. Uh, these are limited release. They could be very expensive. Maybe you're competing with The Walking Dead fans who don't care about magic but don't mind dropping lots of money on cards. Uh, and Wizards has kind of just doubled down and said, yeah, this is this is what we want to do. And they really haven't budged so far. And community's been pretty upset. Yeah, I mean, not only did they... So they did, uh, they did a live stream, and not only did they pretty much, like, double down, but they also made it pretty clear that we should be expecting a lot of these coming up, and not just in secret layers. Like, we, we should be expecting several to many crossover products uh, coming down the, the pipeline in the not-super-distant future. So, gonna be interesting. I think... Oh, there's so much to unpack here. There, there's so many things going wrong at once <laughs> with this problem and the responses to it. It's, it's just so much to take in. So, oh, number one. Oh, go ahead. Well, there, there's actually more than that. I like. I think there's one issue that uh, people are also kind of just seeing as the cherry on top of everything is there's there's actually a hidden card in this drop. By the way, <laughs> yeah, and the the hidden drop. For those that watch the show, you know uh, uh, Negan, his bat. His bat, Lucille, is in the drop. And for those that don't know the significance of it, it is there because Negan uses that bat to do some very gruesome uh, kills in the show. So as, so when the, like, you know, the whole community is already upset about the idea of the drop, they, they, They got one more for you. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so oh, I I have a big issue with that, especially because like, yes, I know it was like sort of announced. I think uh, Nessa Meow Meow got like a, a box opening that Wizards sent her. And I think it was on like Talking Dead. They might have talked about it. But if you go to the actual secret layer page, there's nothing about that. So unless you're like keeping track of Walking Dead specific stuff, you're not even necessarily going to know that that card exists. And that's another like tournament legal, commander legal card. So how can you even make a informed decision as to whether or not you need to buy this drop for like competitive purposes if you don't even know <laughs> all the tournament legal cards that are in the drop? So that seems like another misstep. Like the bat doesn't offend me any more than uh, anything else in this drop. Like for me, I don't really care if walking dreads and magic. Like I, I can get people's concerns about flavor, about wizards, like moving away from making their own stories and adding in other people's stories, even though wizards did make it pretty clear that they're, that's not what they're intending to do. And they're still planning on like building magic lore and making magic multiverses and doing all that stuff. I think the accessibility issue is the the one thing that really concerns me and the having Lucille be added in such a sneaky like way, which isn't a surprise for a secret layer drop because they usually have a bonus card, but that just kind of like drove home the accessibility issues that I see 
with this product and uh, that that's my concern that's what it comes down to like a hundred percent like am i gonna quit magic because someone plays a glenn against me or a lucille or whatever (laughs) these characters are no like i really don't care that's not any weirder for me than most like many weird cards are in magic that people will play against you and that doesn't really affect me or bother me but i do have like a real concern about accessibility with these cards and wizards answer so far about like reprinting them or how they would be reprinted they've been very vague and they've been very confusing we keep hearing different things in the live stream like oh amc is a really good partner you know if we talk to them who knows maybe they'll let us reprint them and they're like no we'll do magic versions but they'll be like godzilla but they won't really be like godzilla because they'll have different names so they didn't have a very clear answer for the reprint issue they said they would change the rules themselves so like like i don't know if like they, they said that in the stream yeah, they, uh, they would errata these cards to have a magic name and then reprint yeah. the magic card. Uh, but but I will have to say, like, wizards can't win, man. They give you a free card. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, what do you want? <laughs> right? They're like, look, you purchased, like, five cards. We're giving you six. And then you're like, what? Outrage. There's more? <laughs> like... <laughs> Uh, it, it reminds me of like when they add like masterpieces or whatever and the people are like you can just literally put like a, a hundred dollar bill in a magic pack and people will complain right like, yeah okay okay yeah. so let, let, let's unpack it let, let's go over some of the points let's let's talk about the first point world okay, actually, breaking wait, wait wait richard before before we get into our four points that we want to talk about uh we have a sponsor today and uh crim i think you wanted to let us uh know a little bit about our sponsor yes so all right as you all know, right now it is, it's October and, you know, it's time for Halloween and all that. And of course, you know, you know what's great about Halloween? All the sweet horror movies that you can watch, all the sweet horror shows. And of course, that leads to this, our sponsor today, Shudder. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. They're the world's premier streaming service for horror, thriller, and supernatural content. And just like me, I like staying spooky all year round. Well, so is Shudder. They're, they're always spooky 24-7, 365. Uh, and this year, they're, instead of the normal 31 days of Halloween, they're doing 61 days of Halloween. That's a two-month celebration of the best season. With a ton of premieres from HP Lovecraft's Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage. Second season of AMC's NOS4A2, which by the way, brilliantly spells out Nosferatu and if you're a fan of the misfits like I am you'll know who Glenn Danzig is and they've got his Veronica series on here and just tons of sweet new exclusive titles coming they're the Netflix of horrors uh, of, of horror shows and of course you can uh, it, it's it's like what it's six bucks a month and on top of that uh, like they've just got tons of sweet series they've got all the the horror classics to the modern favorites and so yeah you can go to shutter.com and try it out for 30 days for free uh make sure you use the code goldfish at, at once again shutter.com which is s-h-u-d-d-e-r yeah thank you to shutter for supporting the stream today uh that's super cool and richard all right take us through uh our secret layer points let's uh let's get back to the secret layer all right world breaking some people are claiming this is the end of magic that it's becoming a quote-unquote system like D, where there's just some rules and then you can have D set in the actual D universe you can have like star wars D if you felt like it we have magic D. Uh, so is magic becoming a system where there's no longer any lore i mean wizards has already like gutted the books and like half of the stories aren't cohesive anymore. What is canon? What is not canon? Just throw it out. We have Walking Dead now, and next week we're gonna have 
Uh, well, we already have Godzilla. Uh, next week we'll have like Star Wars or whatever. Furby. We got Furby coming. Is the Furby? Rumor. Yes. <laughs> what What do you guys think about this? And what do you guys think about like playing your Chandra Nalar and then like Rick's steadfast leader comes in and you know <laughs> like does this ruin the game for you? Is it weird or awkward or you're like nah? There's just there there is a plane called the Walking Dead and here are all these things <laughs> from that plane. It's fine. <laughs> My immersion. Oh, no. <laughs> so I mean, so yes and no. So uh to start off with what you initially said about magic being like a, a rule system or a game system, that is sort of true. And wizards kind of said that themselves. Like one of the things they said is we've been working to separate like magic, the lore in the multiverse from magic, the rule system. Cause we think there's a lot of different things we can do with like the rule system of magic. So I don't think it's untrue. That's like straight from wizard's mouth that that's something they're intentionally trying to do. On the other hand, do I personally care? No, like it doesn't bother me one bit. If I get beaten down by yeah. a rig, like I, I've mentioned before that when I first started playing magic, I would have been like the game just as much if it was played with like playing cards or something or there was no art on that like to me where I came from initially with magic is it's a really good strategy game and that's what initially got me addicted to magic was it's just a really really great game and it didn't really matter to me like the flavor and I've grown to like enjoy the flavor more and more as I've been doing this for so long and now I actually do appreciate it but for me personally I I could really care less if a Walking Dead character like shows up in my legacy game or commander game like whatever that doesn't yeah. bother me at all. Like to to the people that are, are are like like also like going to the great lengths of like gatekeeping people out of playing these cards. I think that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Like the the immersion of of the game. Like I don't get me wrong. I think it's it's fun that you know there's like Seth like Seth said there's the flavor and whatnot. But like if if I see this, this doesn't bother me. I actually encourage it. If you enjoy it, that's that's fine. You can play your your Walking Dead cards. I I, I think they're 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 pretty they're, they're cool cards. Uh, I mean, they they look different than Magic cards, obviously. So it's going to be a little awkward when yeah, like Rick punches down my Jace Planeswalkers and Nico Bolas's. But like, I I, <laughs> I I mean, like it's funny. Don't get me wrong. The idea of like a Magnum Revolver taking down a God Dragon. But you know what? Whatever. Yeah, I, I think actually of all the points, this is the one that gets me the most in the sense that I kind of agree, although I'm like on the fence. Like there's something off about these cards to me. It's the fact that it's set on Earth, right? And like if you look at, say, Glenn, there's like a chain link fence in the back or like the clothes people are wearing are clearly Earth clothes. And it's a bit weird. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to say it other than it's like, huh. I do a double take. Whereas with Godzilla, I'm like, Godzilla could be Carnage Time, whatever, right? It's like a giant monster. It kind of fits the world. It's not too lore-breaking to me. But Walking Dead, I'm like, eh. But I'm, I'm not, like, so offended by it that if someone sits down and plays with these cards or something, I'm like, oh, no, get away from me. I think everyone yeah. should be able to play them. Uh, but I, I actually think that the world-breaking is one like my actual biggest complaint from this drop surprisingly from everything else uh we'll get to the other points later but i like the fact that the the magic world is being i guess mixed up like you know the most exciting thing is all the new planes when we go to innistrad when we go to aldrain that's like super cool and i'm worried that this opens the door for laziness like why but, invent okay. new worlds we'll just use all these existing IPs that have such a huge following and they spent all their time building their world, right? And then we'll just use those and that's a win-win. But, you know, I kind of play <laughs> magic 
Because I kind of like the magic fantasy aspect, and I don't really want to play like Star Wars CCG or Pokemon or whatever, right? Like, so yeah, I, I kind of get that point. I I just I, I guess when you think of it like how like you watch shows like uh, let's just say like shows with like infinite timelines and whatnot, and like jumping from plane to plane, going through portals, all this other stuff, like. Can you really rule out that, you know, that, that there's not a plane that's similar to Earth or, you know, parallel to Earth in, in a lot of ways? You know what I mean? Like, to me, I guess that's why it's not that big a deal, right? You jump from plane to plane, uh, and, and it's, I mean, the, I'm not gonna lie to you, the lore as of recent is not exactly, the, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> of it, right? You can always justify because you can always jump to the multiverse world that looks like Earth, but it's like, what if the game was about, Sitting at your accounting job, filling out forms. That's terrifying. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like, you know, like, yeah, that that's... could be a thing, but that's not what I signed up for, right? Like, I wanted to play with mythical D- monsters and angels and demons, right? Like, I didn't want to push papers at my office job in this magic... You want to see some crossover. true villains? Nico Bolas? That's cake. Let's show you... Let me show you my desk work. All right, all right, all right. So, next, next point mechanically unique meaning they're unique cards uh so why are people afraid of this people are afraid that uh these cards could be super popular and then you can't get them anymore because it's only available for this one week and then the price will skyrocket meaning uh if you let's say rick is legacy playable if two years from now rick is a legacy all-star and you need to pick up your rick you might have to drop several hundred dollars because they're just no longer available what do you guys think about mechanically unique? I I do have a problem. Like I think this might be somewhere like but like this might be the biggest issue for me. I mean, mostly the distribution of it, at least. Um, just because, yeah, like I I already don't like the reserve list. I don't like Gaia's Cradle being six hundred bucks. I don't like Dual Lands being four hundred. You know, I don't I don't like all of that, right? And like the. So like if these get to that point then then sure that that would be a huge problem. I mean, I just I just don't want more cards to become expensive in the world of commander at least. To me this is my my only issue really. Like yeah. as I mentioned, I don't really care about Walking Dead uh personally. I'm not interested in it, but it doesn't bother me that it exists in Magic. I do think the accessibility issue is a meaningful issue. The the biggest issue with this product in all honesty and my reaction to the product and dislike for the product, it would be exactly the same if these were Magic World cards. Like, if they just printed <laughs> new Chandra's and Jace's that hadn't existed before, whatever, and released them only in a time-limited secret layer drop, like, I would have the same exact feelings that I do now about the Walking Dead cards. That's my big concern. I think we, and it's probably going to be even a bigger issue, potentially, because we have people talking about, like, boycotting it and not buying it, which would potentially limit supply more. (laughs) We have Walking Dead fans who are presumably going to buy it, but I doubt that those people are going to ever get their cards back out into the market. It's not like Walking Dead fans know magic buy lists or, you know, magic fest to go to vendors, so once a Walking Dead fan buys it, it's likely going to sit in their house or their whatever Walking Dead collection forever and never get out to players. So I do think, especially combined with what I would consider Wizards' unsatisfactory responses about how they can reprint these cards, I do think that that's a real concern, and we can't... uh, Wizards said during their live stream, like, these cards aren't supposed to be good, basically. Like, we're not making them to be good, we're making them 
you know, for flavor purposes, for commander players, but I just really can't put too much weight in that after Nexus of Fate, after Kenrith, after some of the mistakes where Wizards have said before, like, oh, don't worry, we're not making these cards to be good, and then they end up being really, really good. So I feel like if this is the path we're going down, maybe it's not the, the secret layer drop. If it is, it's probably the Rick card. Maybe it's not the next one, but sooner or later, we will have a Nexus of Fate situation where one of these cards, you know, is a legacy staple, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what happens with the market for these cards, in all honesty, and how expensive they could potentially get. And even if Wizards can reprint them, we've seen with Fetchlands, how long does it take them to reprint a card? Like, sure, like, let's say Rick breaks out, and it's a new Legacy Stables, and Legacy St- Humans is all the rage, and tons of people need playsets of this card, and we're just like, oh, don't worry, we'll reprint it. What are we looking at, two years from now, three years from now? What do you do with a, you know, $300 Rick in the meantime, while you're waiting for Wizards to reprint them? Yeah, I... So, to me, this is not a real point in the sense that it is not the root cause, right? People are upset because of the potentially high prices, right? Like, we don't know. So, if this releases and it it sells all over the place in two years from now, every card is still like $10 or maybe $20, I don't think there's an issue, right? The issue is if the card becomes $500, then you're like, what? But this is something that Wizards has done to us time and time again, right? Like, you want to various protection? Like, you gotta you gotta pay lots of money, right? Like, they can make Fatal Push at Mythic Rarity in the next small set or whatever and just increase the price of cards at whim, right? They're doing this with Fetchlands, right? They're, they could reprint Fetchlands at any time, but they don't because they want the price to be high. So by doing this limited release, like, they're controlling the price of these cards. Like, they control all other cards. So it's no different, right? I think the root problem is magic is too expensive and this is kind of the last straw right this is like showing wizards greed again and people have had enough of it but i i see it no different than being like you know the name any old card non-reserve list that hasn't been reprinted right like 50 dollars cards 90 dollars cards 100 dollars cards same problem right it's just wizards controls the prices of these cards and they're too high so <sighs> if wizards wants they could reprint they could errata the rules reprint them into the ground tomorrow right whether they do that or not is a question, but that's like wizard's policy, right? It has really nothing to do with this distribution method, right? Like for the same reason, they could make fatal push a mythic rare, you know, they could use, they could try out Morrow, put any explanation as the gameplay or lore, why it needs to be mythic, put it in uh, an expensive set. And then, you know, a set with like $10 boosters and then call it a day, right? They could do that anytime and they have done it to us and they will do it in the future. So I, I don't know why secret layer is, kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back but you know this is this is i think the community's outrage at the price of the game has finally like come to fruition right uh, i think that i think that is part of it is just stuff pulling over although to me it does feel different like like uh, i don't know sneak attack or some like old non-reserve list card that was released normally. Like, yeah, it sucks if you started playing Magic in the last 10 years that you weren't around when it was released, but this feels just so intentional. Like, to me, an old card, it was released in a way where anyone could access it at the time. Wizards obviously does need to reprint more aggressively. That's something else we've talked about. But this just feels so... Uh, such an intentional level of scarcity, where Wizards is like, there's no... 
there's no blinders on. They're like doing this right out in the open. And they're like, hey, guess what? We're going to make this super rare and y'all are going to deal with it and you're going to like it. To me, that feels different than, oh, there was a card that was released in booster packs 20 years ago and they haven't reprinted it yet. I don't know. To me, it feels different. Maybe I'm thinking of it the wrong way, but it does feel different to me. Remember when they made the mythic rarity? Uh, <laughs> you know, like yeah, all of these things yeah. are designed to make you spend more money and to increase the desirability of cards. Uh, okay, it's still Next a collector's point. card game, right? I, I get it. Like, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the reason. Like, a lot of people that are complaining are not complaining through the collector's lens, right? They're complaining through the "I am a tournament player," or uh, you know, I just want to play the game. I don't care about getting fancy versions of cards like why are these cards so expensive right if you just wanted to play legacy like you know and you need this card you're like why do i need to pay more money because it's the walking dead right i don't care just give me like some plain vanilla draft chaff version of this so i can just go play legacy without breaking an arm and a leg although you couldn't do that anyway uh but yeah all right next point should these cards have been silver bordered or better yet like a new color like blue bordered or something where you can play like blue bordered <laughs> cards and black bordered cards in a deck so that if you want you can play rick with you know other non-silver bordered cards um you know basically anything but black bordered gold silver blue anything yes <sighs> i i say yes i think <sighs> it was really funny at the live stream was people <laughs> people asked like why didn't you make these silver bordered and the answer essentially wizards had more words to it but it was essentially we want them to be legal in formats that was that was like the bottom line was we want people to be able to play them in legacy we want people to be able to play them in commander so essentially they want them to be played which is a little weird when you say they're not playable or you're trying to make them not playable but i think that it would have gotten rid of a huge percentage of the backlash from the community if they were silver bordered or had some other border. They also wanted like, and by like played, I mean, they, they want you to like be able to show up to a commander table and play it too. Right. Like, I mean that, that, that was one of the points they touched up on, I think in the, the stream, because they didn't want you to show up at a table and be like, Oh, is it cool if I use my silver bordered commander? Like with the My Little Pony stuff. Ironically, I don't know if they fix that problem because based on what I've heard from some of the reactions of the community, I still feel like people might feel like they have to ask that question. Yeah, well, see, that, <laughs> that, there's that, been that's... a lot of people that are like, if anyone sits down with those cards across from me, I'm scooping up my cards and I won't shake their hand. Like, Come I mean, on. Yeah, like, really that's, and that's the and toxicity. You stacks. Yeah. <laughs> right? You're like, I am I so can play upset. This, but I'm just being nice, right? <laughs> I'm so upset that you're going to play Glenn, but also check this out. Turn one soul ring, turn to like, you know, like <laughs> into all these other things that are way more uh, like actually like harmful than like a walking dead character. I, I don't know. I mean, wow. Look at that. The walking dead's topic of are zombies or humans worse can sometimes come to life again. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> the toxicity of the, like the, like of like the whole community has just been ridiculous on all of this. I'm just like, dude, come on. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. You, you could call me a Watsy shill whatever I, i've been called that already call me whatever names you want but the thing is i think people are just being ridiculous about the whole like i'm not gonna let you play with me i have every right to just refuse you. And it's like okay well if you're that angry about it, i probably don't want to play with you to begin with <laughs> like, I, so you know yeah i would encourage people like 
it's not other players' fault. It's not the community's fault. It's not the rules committee's fault. If you have an issue with this, the issue is with wizards. And if you have feedback, uh, constructive feedback, hopefully, and <laughs> yeah, like not, yeah, constructive not toxic feedback. feedback. But I hundred percent think you should give wizards your feedback. But I also hundred percent think if you're like attacking or uh, yelling at other players or even like the commander rule committee, people that don't have any actual control over what magic cards you print then I think you're being part of the problem rather than part of the solution. So please, 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 like, if you have things to say about this, say them to wizards uh, in a constructive way rather than, like, other players and other community members that are don't have any control over this anyway. Like, what good is telling some poor kid that you won't play Commander with him because he's yeah. got a Walking Dead card in his deck? Like, how does that make Magic <laughs> a better place? And how does it make Commander a more welcoming format? I it don't doesn't. Think. And it doesn't solve the prom- problem either. The cards still exist if the yeah. cards are what you have a problem with. So you're not getting any benefit out of it. And you're arguably, like, hurting the format in the game that you uh, say that you love. So just, like, leave your feedback to Wizards. Definitely do that. There are big issues with this product, and Wizards does need to know that you feel there's issues with the product, but don't go after other community members. Like there, there's no good that can come of that. Yeah, like seriously, and this that like that's you know I have a friend that was like really excited. You know they they more so just watch Walking Dead. They're going to pick up the drop. They wanted to build a deck around it, and I'm just imagining somebody that's excited for this Walking Dead drop. You know, they're, they're, they're going to build a deck around it, all this stuff, and they show up to a table, and like you're just yelling at them for liking, you know, like like. I don't know, a TV show, liking whatever the IP is, right? I, I think that's being ridiculous. Come on. Like, you take your, your once again, constructive feedback and bring it to Wizards. Like, like this is coming from me, but I, I, I do think that it, it – I hate to say it, but I, I kind of just want to say, dude, grow up. Like, seriously, like, it's it's not that big a deal. If somebody wants to enjoy it, let them enjoy it. I don't, I don't see the issue here. So, like, th- this is just one of the things that really bothers me. It's just, like, people are so – up in arms and ready to gatekeep the dumbest things. I, and and I, I just don't understand that. All right. Speaking of up in arms, so Rules Committee uh, released an update saying they will evaluate. A lot of people were calling for this to be banned, right? Like, just ban it from Commander so I don't need to see it. Uh, and then the Rules Committee came out and said no, right? Like, we're not banning it, right? Here are reasons. They have a little blog post there. And a lot of people were upset so upset that some tried to create a new format called Captain, where uh, basically like there'd be a new rules committee. They're like, we're voting the rules committee off. There's a new rules. It's Commander, but you know, but uh, they realized that that was a bit toxic and maybe not good, and it was shut down. So we saw the rise and birth of a format before we could even talk about it. Weird, uh, a so- format made out of spite and anger led to toxicity. It's just, it's so weird. It's so weird, and you just, you don't see it coming. But what do you guys think about the rules committee, their stance on these cards, and people are saying, you know, the rules committee are really wizard shills, and they shouldn't be here anymore, and what are you doing, or, uh, you know, they're just putting out statements for PR reasons, but wizards is actually manipulating everything, like, what do you guys think about their role in all of this as, theoretically, the controllers of the commander uh, format? Oh, okay, Why, why do these need to be banned? I, I, like, I don't see anything broken about them. Like, 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 I don't see anything broken about them. Well, you know why they need to be, because people are upset about them, right? And they oh. want the Rules Committee <laughs> to enact upon it, right? Oh, okay, okay. So, so we want the Rules Committee to ban because you just don't like the, okay, well, I don't like Nissa. I don't like Veil of Summer. <laughs> 
I mean, that's a, it's a good point, right? Like, this is potentially an issue with Wizards, right? Like, if Wizards makes a product that a product that people don't like, that's on them, right? And the feedback should go to Wizards, right? The yeah. rules committee is not here to fix the lore of magic, right? Or to do anything other than make sure the power level of commander is what they see fit, right? And these are not power level issues. These are not, uh, these are like price issues or lore issues, which is not up to the rules committee to really fix, right? So I agree with their stance that they don't need to do anything about this, right? Yeah, like like this, like it's also a slippery slope. If now we're starting to bring in like the price point stuff, then like, are we banning like, you know, dual lands and all that stuff too? Cause that's also a price point thing. So Which, which has been a, topic that people brought up right and i mean i, I think those can go <laughs> oh whoops did i say that so i don't think that the rules committee should have banned the cards i don't think it's it's their place to fix this problem i think it's a it's an issue between wizards and the community on the other hand i do think i also believe that the rules committee is very close with wizards and i do think if wizards are like hey you can't ban these cards the rules committee is going to side with wizards like they've work there and done internships there and so forth. They help design products. So I personally view the rules committee as like at least wizards adjacent, if not like part of wizards to some extent, rather than a They're definitely like an an extension, right? Yeah. So I, so I don't think they're necessarily independent. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing compared to the alternative of wizards just taking over the format and doing it all internally like having a rules committee that's part of the community is better it gives the community more of a voice than it would have in the alternate situation where wizards are just like hey we're gonna run this like any other format that we run and you don't have anything to say about it but i i think that the rules committee was in a no-win situation like there was really yeah. nothing they yeah. could do obviously wizards was not going to have these cards banned in commander so that was a non-starter and the community pushed them really hard to do that and i really feel bad for them and i include the rules committee in the community in the aspect of please be nice and don't attack other magic players over this wizards thing. Like leave your feedback right. with wizards. The rules committee doesn't control what wizards print, even though yes, they are to some extent entwined with wizards. They don't control the cards at C print. They don't, that's not their job. They're not even close to that. So just if you have feedback, put it in the right direction to people that actually can change this in the future if it's something that you're upset about rather than the rules committee or players or whatever but yeah i don't think they should have banned it yeah especially when the the rules committee there's members in there that also have voiced their opinions right about how they feel that this drop is yet somehow they're also t- like said that well nope they're they're that you question their integrity but they've also talked about like how they don't like the drop all right next we have maro the scapegoat uh, so Maro uh, always gets <laughs> trotted out in front of everyone with his blog to clean up the mess of wizards. And initially he kind of like doubled down and like rules lawyered us. He was like, you know, people are pulling up quotes about, you know, how they're not, they're not, they're not going to do mechanically, mechanically unique cards anymore. He's people like buy a box promos. And then he was like, well, they're not exactly the same and this and that. And he kind of rules lawyered us and people are not happy. And then he released an update where he said, Look, I gave you guys the answer as a designer where there are actually like nuances and things like that, but I know that's not what you guys wanted to hear. I know you guys are upset. So I've gathered all your feedback and given it to like my bosses. And that's kind of like 
the end result of, of this, where he just stopped trying to defend things and just said, look, send me all your feedback, everything that you don't like about these products, and I'm gathering it and giving it to my bosses. What, what do you guys think about? And once again, constructive feedback, because <laughs> I'm sure he probably got a lot of all caps. <laughs> yeah, like Maro, Maro's like a scapegoat, right? Like anytime, anything, like he has nothing yeah. to do with any of this, right? But he gets all the hate, he gets to answer all the hard questions uh, without actually answering his truthful mind, right? He has to like basically say what Wizards tells him to say. Uh, so like, what do you guys think about the Wizards response and Maro's response? So I feel bad for Maro a lot of times. I'm not sure why he has to be the one that does the PR for Wizards. And we've talked about this before in regards to different things. So I do feel uh, pretty bad for him in that regard. Like, I just don't necessarily know that it's jo- his job. On the other hand, like, that does go along with being a public-facing employee of a company. Like, I-, I don't know. Like, if Goldfish did something that people were upset about, I'm probably the most likely person to get yelled at because I'm the most public face associated with Goldfish. Like, I think that just goes with uh, the job of being, like, a public-facing employee of a company. So, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I have mixed feelings. Like, I think Mero gets a lot of popularity from being public facing there are benefits to it but then there's also the drawback that when people are not happy with what your company is doing you're the (laughs) one that gets yelled at so there's a little bit of a give and take there i I wish they would just get like a pr person and and i know they have a pr person and like no one trusts the pr person which is why they always try to borrow but (laughs) like i I don't know man like does he not have an actual job he needs to do like he can't spend all day like filtering these like messages you know like what about his real job about like designing magic right like seems like he's doing all his pr all the time anyway right so i don't know that was very apparent with the stream wizards did as well where the whole time i was watching it and it was it was wild. I don't know if I've ever seen Magic did Magic you, Chat has you, had some some brutal Twitch uh, chats yeah, at some points. I don't think I've ever seen a Magic Twitch <laughs> chat that was just like more angry and riled up than this one. There was a lot of all caps and a lot of yelling, but at the same time, I would say it was very active. It was, it was in, yes, it was, it was definitely very extremely active. active. But even there, I was wondering like <laughs> you had Blake, you had Mark who created uh, the Secret Lair product line, and then you had Aaron who is like head designer or VP or something. Like, why don't you have PR people doing that? Why are you trotting out your designers who are, like, making magic cards for a living? And they're the ones that also are, like, trying to do this PR thing. I would imagine that you'd probably be better off having PR professionals who, for a living, like, do this and interact with the community. Like, that's their primary job. So. That's Blake, but no one trusts him because he's the PR guy, right? So he has to bring in these other people. You're like, look, this is not an evil PR guy. It's Maro. Believe him, right? Like, that's what they're doing, right? Blake is the PR person, right? It's just no one listens to him because he's the PR guy, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that might be true as well. But, oh, that stream was not good. So many things this week were just wild. It was This is one of the weirder weeks I remember in the Magic community for as long as I've been doing this. <laughs> It, 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 to say interesting, that's one way to describe it. More, for me, it was more upsetting, but yeah. <laughs> upsetting, not at like everything Walking Dead, upsetting at the response and how people have chosen to go about it. Yeah, I think it creates a rift in our community, especially since I am convinced this will sell like hotcakes. I am convinced that Wizards will see this as a great success, uh, and AMC will see this as a great success because 
the community on Reddit and the community on Twitter is such a small percentage of the overall Magic community. I am sure if you are a more casual fan, like these issues that we are discussing do not affect you, right? Like if I don't play Legacy, I don't even know what Legacy is. Like what does availability matter, right? If I see this, I want it, right? And if in the future I can't get it, then I can't get it, right? Like, you know, it's the same for anything else, right? So it only affects like the super invested community, which is, you know, the community we're talking. If you listen to this podcast, you're super invested, right? If you're watching magic content, you're super invested, right? So it affects us and we're upset about it. But there's like so many people that are just doing nothing and they just like turn on TV, watch The Walking Dead. They're like, oh, secret layer. Yeah, let's get this and put it, at, you know, put it on their shelf at home and they're perfectly happy with it and like five star review, right? So I, I don't know how this will turn out, right? Because there's two communities that work here. One that's trying to play competitive tournament magic uh, or trying to build the best commander deck possible. The other person just wants to cast some zombies and like reenact their favorite TV show. So... I, yeah. I, I don't know, right? And like to Krim's point, I feel like a lot of people are very upset, rightfully so. Uh, but, you know, some are directing it at other players, which is uh, not good. And it kind of creates a rift in our community. I don't want people to be afraid of playing their cards. Like, say you bought these, and then like you have to like dodge around your LGS, asking the corners, hey, I have the Walking Dead cards. Can I play them here? <laughs> right? Like, like that's like ridiculous, right? So I hope Yeah. I hope there's some resolution from Wizards so that everyone can be happy playing these cards. Right? That you don't need to dodge around and see if it's socially acceptable to play the Walking Dead in your group and things like that. I hope Watsy actually comes up with some response such that everyone is happy and then you can actually play your cards and then wrap it up, right? Move on to the next outrage. Move on to Omnath hate or something, right? But <laughs> Yeah, like correct correct standard. Do do something about that. No, like like you know what I mean? Like let's talk about that, you know? I mean rather I'd rather deal with that than than the whole like, oh, can you use your own cards? Like dude, just who cares about that stuff? I think I also think that plays into it too. Like how differently would this be if uh or would this have gone if rather than coming off 20 bannings and coming off like OP being a disaster and the end of GP is like, how much of this is just the community generally unhappy with the state of Magic right now? Like, if Magic was in a pretty calm place where everyone was happy with Standard and enjoying GP coverage or whatever, would there have been this huge outpouring of anger over this product? I'm not actually sure. Like, kind of to Richard's point, with maybe this being, like, a tipping point uh, or a last straw thing as far as accessibility and prices, I could also see it kind of being that just in terms of how people are generally feeling about Magic right now after the last two years being pretty rough. So maybe this is just that one more thing that pushed some people over the edge. Yeah, I, I will say, so one, one last thing about, uh, I, I guess, acceptability of these cards. It is very strange that Magic is, I think, a 13 and up card game. 13 or 8? Something really I think really 13 young. is on the package. It's 13. Yeah. Yeah. It's 13. Whereas The yeah. Walking Dead is 18 plus. So there is some merit to the fact that if you have children and you don't want your children playing with like a murder bat or something because it's 18 plus, right? There, there, I think there is some merit to that. And it, it is weird that there's a franchise that's 18 plus being put into a 13 plus card game. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good point as well. So one more question and then we should probably wrap it up for today. So from the live stream this week, Wizards definitely gave the impression that 
we're going to be getting more crossovers and that the crossovers are not tied to secret layers. So this crossover was a secret layer thing, but they definitely gave the impression that these crossovers could come anywhere. Uh, how would you feel if we had like, they said we're getting two Zendikars or no, no, two, uh, two Innistrad sets next fall. How would you feel if the vampire Innistrad set was Twilight or something? Like, literally okay, the entire wait, set. Wait, wait, like, standard that, legal... Can, can we, Do you not realize that the original Innistrad was Twilight? Was already... It, it, yeah, it already Twilight, was. Right? It was. That was when Always vampires and werewolves were that, the rage, and then re- Wizards released Innistrad. We are in Twilight already. Just like we're in Harry Potter next year and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like... The meme of Always Has Been is is relevant right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know Twilight well enough to to argue this, but I mean literal Twilight, like yeah, their yeah, characters Twilight. and actors and whatever. Like, would that be different? Like, would you be more or less accepting of crossovers like that, or I don't know, like a I don't know, Power Rangers Commander deck or something like that? Like outside of Secret Layers, like how much of this has to do with the fact that it's Secret Layers, and how much of it is these crossovers in general do you think i don't care about crossovers i'm gonna be honest with you i like i i told you the lore is already kind of like get it like kind of paper thin right <laughs> like like where, at least where it's kind of gone uh and i i think the crossovers are are, are fine to me I, I they don't bother me at least they they don't ruin my immersion in the world of magic i guess yeah it was my opening point it's weird but I, I don't know. I, I think it's fine. But I do think it, it is a bit weird that we don't have our own magic world. But, you know, we joked about it a long time ago. Like, you equip your Red Bull. Uh, you, you get flying, right? <laughs> yeah. And, like, how, how long before that's a reality, right? You get into your Mercedes vehicle and then, you know, like, could be, right? Probably a bit off, but <laughs> Power Rangers set? Transformer set, right? Transformer set. Transformer totally. set is just that's got to happen. That's got GI Joe Transformers, whatever. I that I don't even see that being far off. I see that being very close. Yeah. I, so I think those are more likely, and those will probably happen, right? I do feel like I would be less okay with the crossovers if they were like standard legal, like Obnath. Like, like let's, let's imagine Obnath <laughs> is like what you're playing against, but it's actually, I don't know, a G.I. Joe or something. Like, Flubber. Would, would, Flubber. <laughs> I think I would like it less <laughs> if I thought these were going to be cards I was going to run into like every other match on Magic Arena, rather than like, oh, maybe once in a while I'll see him in Legacy or Commander. Like, I think then the flavor well, well, argument becomes like That's a Icoria. little bit more of a <laughs> real piece of Ikoria. That was Ikoria. Right? Yeah, I mean, how did you feel about Ikoria when you ran into, like, Godira or, you know, like, all of that? Ah, there were magic cards, too, though. Like, you can just envision the magic version. But you don't even <laughs> control that, right? On Arena, you see whatever the person put in their deck, right? Yeah, that, that's that's true. Yeah. I, I Like, see, for me, I guess that's why. Like, when they already did it with, with the Godzilla stuff to me, so I'm it doesn't bother me. What I do care about is if they fix the design of some of their cards, more than the look of the cards. You know what I'm saying? Ah, I, I agree with. I, oh, did I say that again? I, oh, I, weird. I do agree with that. In some ways, like the other thing that bothers me, and we're going super long today, but it reminds me a little bit of Arena. Where everyone's like, "Hey, this is bug. This is bug. This is bug. You got to fix this." And then Wizards like, "Hey, how about emotes? Let's add emotes." And you're like, "Come, <laughs> like, couldn't you spend some of the time you spent making emotes to like?" 
improve this bug with the game. And that's what this somewhat feels like. Like, come on, standards is in shambles. We're getting so many bannings. Like, we've had all this upheaval, and what you're putting your time into is, like, figuring out how to put other IPs in the game. Like, that does rub me a little bit wrong. Just, like, if standard was in a great place and the actual game of Magic was in a healthy place, uh, then I think people would be a little bit more forgiving with some of these things. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah. Like, if, if standard was in a good place and whatnot, they, they, they could sell me on whatever IP it is. Like, Cheez-Its. Whatever. <laughs> make make Cheez-Its a thing. Like, I, I don't care. Fast and Furious. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> reskin Looter Scooter as a Nissan Skyline. I don't care. <laughs> Just fix standard. <laughs> fix standard. Ooh. All right. So... I think we might have to hold over fish mail for next week because we've already had a long one going over all this stuff. So I believe that that is going to bring us to the end of episode 297 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So Richard E. Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Shudder. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Hopefully, oh my God, I hope I spelled that right or we're going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> you spelled it right. <laughs> for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about whatever secret layer reprints happen, whatever drama goes down in the world of magic. So until then, everyone, have a great week. And this is the crew signing out. Bye.